Okay, good morning. Welcome to Glenlock Baptist Church. Today is the third Sunday of Advent. Uh, the word Advent means waiting uh, for what is coming. And on Christmas Day, we will fully recognize and celebrate the birth of Christ. But along the way, there are different themes that we uh, recognize about what Christ brought into the world. And so today our theme is love, and one of the blessings this morning will be the presentation from our children's choir of what they've been working on. So we're in for a special blessing today through our children's choir, so let's be preparing and praying for them. But I will be minister of announcements real quick. Um, one Night in Bethlehem has happened again, all right, 2022, One Night in Bethlehem is over. What a wonderful two nights we had, over 800 people. Uh, counting both nights went through. So I want to especially thank Crystal and all the volunteers who come together to make One Night in Bethlehem possible. It is a beautiful collection of the body of Christ to present the gospel. And I don't know about you, but it rolls around pretty quickly, right? Last night I recognized a couple that came through and I said, y'all came through last weekend, didn't you? She said, no, we came through last year. And so I thought, man, I'm really losing it, okay? But one night in Bethlehem, what, what a blessing. What a special way to share the gospel. So today, uh, after service, of course, tonight, 6 o'clock, uh, our youth will meet. I'm not sure about children. Is children meeting tonight? I guess they're not because they're, they're done today with what they do. Uh, deacons meeting at 6 o'clock and church conference at 7. One of the things we will discuss at conference Tonight is our budget for 2023, which we will uh, present. Wednesday night in Franklin, Flat Rock Campground, the annual candlelight and communion service for our adults will be had there. So if you're interested in being a part of that, just show up or talk to me and I'll explain a little bit more about that service. Our Advent devotionals for 2022 are in. There are a few new additions to the stories that were published last year, so there were 50 of them on the Welcome Center desk. If you're interested in having an Advent devotion and reading the new devotions as well as the older ones, pick one up on your way out uh, today. Uh, Christmas Eve, we will have service here, candlelight and communion at 6 o'clock on Christmas Eve. December 25th is a Sunday morning this year, so we are having worship on Christmas morning at 1030 but there will be no Sunday school that day. So worship here December 25th, Christmas morning. Am I supposed to say something about the angel tree out there? That's just coming across. Don't take, a, don't take an angel without telling them the Okay, so angel tree ministry again this year. Say what you just said. Sorry, y'all. This is off the cuff, okay? So I just remember. If you take an angel tree, make sure you let... Uh, Miss Becky or Miss Elaine know the number on the back because that's how we keep track of who's getting what. Um, but then additionally, when you bring that back in, you bring the angel with it. Um, and so we do a number and a code in lieu of telling a family's name. So make sure you keep that angel and let them know which one you have and bring it back. And they're due back next Sunday, I assume? 21st. 21st. Okay. 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 Due back to 21st. Wait, there's more. There's more. Miss Elaine. Okay. 
Right. Okay. What a way to show the love of Christ to give family and individuals in need uh, gifts as a way to express our gratitude to what God has done for us. Now, 2023 is approaching on January the 4th, the first Wednesday of the year. On Wednesday nights, we are making a bit of a schedule change in order to more effectively, we believe, reach our children and youth. So on Wednesday nights, starting January the 4th, we will meet children, youth, and adults from 6.15 to 7.30. So Bryson has available to all parents of youth and children some informational letters that go into more detail on why we feel like this is a a good move and and what all that will mean. So that will start uh, January the 4th, 2023. I think that's all the announcements that I had. Oh, that's this big white sheet below my little card. All right, Miss Yvonne Foles calling me out. To those who have signed up to go ice skating next Saturday, we will meet at the Fellowship Hall at 1 o'clock. Straight up, not Glenlock time, she says. We will return about 4.30 that afternoon. It's supposed to be cold, so they will need hat, gloves, warm socks, and it will help if you tell me the shoe size. Thank you for sharing your children with me, Miss Yvonne Foles. Miss Yvonne, will you raise your hand? Okay. So that's ice skating next Saturday. Is this for all ages or just, you know? Okay, okay. Okay. That sounds fun. All right. And I also know young adult class, I think, is having a Christmas party after service in the fellowship hall. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. All right, let's stand. And I'm going to ask Catherine to come and pray and then lead us in our opening hymn and then the children will sing all right let's pray together this morning dear gracious heavenly father god lord thank you so much um just first and foremost for the um blessing you gave us in one night in bethlehem god lord thank you for entrusting our church for that ministry um and lord i just pray again for those 800 people that came through god lord i just um pray that they'll know that this is a church that's always open to them and that um, their spirits have just been um, uplifted and, and set right for this Christmas season, Lord. God, as we um, have so much hustle and bustle of the holiday, Lord, I pray that we just remember um, that Christmas is a time for us to remember that you remembered us, Lord. We just pray for our children who are going to present their program this morning, God. Lord, uh, may you just use them in a mighty way to bless our hearts, God. And just be with this time of worship. May you be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's sing Angels We Have Heard on High Together.
Christmas, everyone. This is so exciting. December 25th is the day we celebrate Jesus' birthday. I want to know how old Jesus is. Bible tells us that Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem. When it came time for her baby to be born, she gave birth to a son, baby Jesus. He was actually born about 2,000 years ago. No way! Wait, God promised the world he would send a savior, and 2,000 years ago the time was right. Do not be afraid. I bring good news of great joy that, that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. On the day Jesus was born, joy came to the world. as his children is that he will always be our friend. Nothing can stop our friendship with Jesus. 
Jesus brought joy to the world, but he, he brought a lot more. Yes, he brought peace. If we trust in him, the Bible tells us that Jesus will be our peace. The peace of Jesus will be with us through tough times of life. Jesus will always be the peace we can find in a storm. For he himself is our peace. I want that kind of peace. Understanding in her heart. My grandma is so cool. Okay, Jesus brought joy and 
piece. Did he bring anything else? Yes, he brought his light. In fact, Jesus is the light. He also gave us the Bible, which is filled with words that show us the way. Jesus brought his light to each person who believes in him. And guess what? The light and guess what? The light of Jesus is meant to be shared. Like candles on a birthday cake, the more you light, the brighter it gets. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Happy birthday, Jesus. You are the light of our world. was God's greatest gift of love to the, to the world. Jesus is love. Jesus was the way God could show his love to boys and girls, moms and dads, and grandpas and grandpas. 
grandpas and grandmas. God loved us so much he gave us Jesus. Jesus is love, the love of God on the earth. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We can have eternal life when, Jesus, when we believe in Jesus. place. He hides them safely in our hearts. Jesus has given so much to us. What can I give to him? It's his birthday after all. Believe in him. He's the best gift you can give him is your heart. Then you too can have joy and peace. And light and love. You can have Jesus let them shout it from the mountaintops. Let them give glory to the Lord. It's Christmas, a day of joy, peace, light, and love. It's your special day, Jesus, and we love you. We wish you a Merry Christmas.
Oh boy, we got to take care of this. Someone has lost their keys and they're in one of these boxes, so just ignore the activity going on in front of us because we all know the feeling. Children have a delightful and fantastic way of sharing the truth. She found the right box. Let's just give it up. All right. And she was very helpful to Duke with his lines. So, where's Casey? She leave? So, we're grateful for that. All right. <laughs> Children have such a wonderful way of sharing truth in, in an unpretentious, breaking the ice kind of way. So, we're going to turn to John chapter 1. And as you turn to John chapter 1, which obviously is our passage today on the theme of love, I'm going to take the time we have and walk through this just a little bit to unwrap the gift of love that, that God has for us. I want to tell you about a little boy last night at One Night in Bethlehem. I conclude the tour with a retelling of the resurrection of Christ that's inside the empty tomb. And I followed Jeff Rood, who explains the cross of Christ and the gospel. And so Jeff has a pretty large group that he's speaking to about the cross and its importance. And then I kind of wait out there in the dark and the fog and the smoke. And so, you know, groups transition from Jeff to me as we tell the story. Well, last night, about midway through the night, a little blonde-haired boy left the group that Jeff was in. It wasn't your fault, Jeff. I was thinking, where are this guy, where, where, where are the parents, you know? So, and I'm standing over there in the dark, and y'all, he slowly take steps like this, creeping over to me, and I just stand there in costume. You can hardly see me. But he intentionally, step after step, and then he looks up at me and he says, what's your name? <laughs> and I look down at him and I say, Neil. <laughs> and I say, what's your name? And he looks up at me and he says, Finny. <laughs> He's about waist high. Well, then the rest of the group catches up to Finney. And then Todd Hanley announces, he is not here, he is risen. Come and see the place where our Lord lay. And so the group comes into the tomb. And little Finney rushes over to the edge of the tomb. And he looks around and he looks at me and he says, What's all this about? <laughs> And here I am trying to be all formal and serious, but I use that moment to say to the group, you know, this little boy's asked the most important question of all. What is all this about, right? And so if you were to have to sum up what is all this about, today's word really would work pretty well, wouldn't it? Love. Love is what it's all about. Now, we instinctively feel that as human beings. I did a funeral yesterday for a lady named Carla Bryan, okay? 
And one of the things that it said in her obituary was that Carla Bryan loved 80s music. Well, I too grew up in the 80s, and I love 80s music. So one of the things that I connected with in that service is a song from the 80s that was about love, and it went something like this. I need an everlasting love. I think the only person in there that knew what I was talking about was Jenny. All right, Jenny Gooch Thompson. And it was by a man named Howard Jones. And there were other songs from the 80s about love. You remember Tina Turner? What's love got to do with it? And Steve Winwood said, bring me a higher love. And see, I've lost Casey now. She's going to have these songs in her mind the whole service. But I could go on and on and on. It really is about love. But then we ask the question, what is love? Where does it come from? How is it demonstrated? How do we receive it? What do we do with it? I really think John chapter 1 does an excellent job of showing us what the coming of Christ into the world is all about. So I'm going to read this passage and then we're going to back up and we're going to unwrap to borrow from not an 80s song but, a, but an old hymn written by a man named Isaac Watts. And in that hymn, Joy to the World, he says something like this. Let the nations prove, okay, the glory of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Wonders of his love. Wonders. I'm not going to embarrass myself here. Uh, too late, right? Wonders of his love. What are the wonders of his love? So in John's prologue, you ought to every so often read through this. This is the deep theological stream from which the rest of the New Testament flows. It's, uh, it's about so much before the beginning of time and continuing on. I'm just going to read it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Some versions there have... Darkness did not overcome it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. He came for a witness that he might bear witness of the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light but came that he might bear witness of the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world. The world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Listen to this, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That is telling us of the new birth, born of God, born from above. And here it is, here's the, here's the key verse this morning. And the Word became flesh 
and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. He existed before me. Of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. No man has seen God in all his fullness at any time. The only begotten God, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. He has explained him. Father, thank you that you sent your Son to explain who you are. To exegete and share and communicate and break down and unwrap the gift of your heart and your love. Help us again this morning to be in wonder and awe of your amazing grace. None of us deserve it. In fact, to be honest, we deserve the very opposite of your love because we have rebel, as rebels have sinned against you and your love. But you've loved us still and you sent your son. And they were waiting, as Advent says, on the coming of the Messiah. And here is Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What amazing love. In his name we pray. Amen. Okay, there's no way to fully exhaust John chapter 1. I mean, really, whole books have been written on this prologue. This prologue, which is the beginning of John's gospel, has been likened to a foyer in a home. And a foyer really is an entry point that invites you into the rest of the home. So John's prologue is meant to grab our attention and move our hearts so that we will follow God through the gospel of John and make it through to the very end, which ends with the resurrection glory of Christ and all that that entails. So the gospel of John is, is laid out kind of like the story of one night in Bethlehem. All right, you begin with this miraculous conception. It was not a miraculous birth so much as it was a miraculous conception. And John works all that out. What was happening with that? Well, the eternal Word of God, the eternal Son of God, was condescending and coming down to where we are in the world, in the flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, that is a wonderful story. I'm just going to give you five truths, five wonderful truths from John chapter 1 about God's love. Now, there are more angles, there are more avenues, there are more aspects of God's love, but this morning I'm just going to give you five from this text. Number one, we ought to notice that the source of love is wonderful. Where does love come from? Why do we crave it so much? Why do we misuse it so much? Why do we misunderstand it so much? Well, first and foremost, love is from God. God. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was what? With God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. Let me just clarify and cut to the chase. God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, all three were in eternal, perfect fellowship and love and union and cooperation and intimacy and everything that love is before time began. There was never a time when they were not, and there was never a time when they were not in perfect love and fellowship. God is love. Love is from God. So anytime we start talking about, he loves me, he loves me not. She loves me, she loves me not. What's going on with the world? What does love have to do with it? We've got to go back to the original design and where love existed before anything existed. And we've got to remember that it was love that put into existence everything that is. There's a lot more could be said about that, but I'm going to move on. But Jesus prayed at the end of his life that we would love one another with the same kind of love that the Father and the Son had before time began. I'll leave it at that. Number two, not only is the source of love wonderful, but the command to love is wonderful. Where do you get the command to love? You get it from the law. And what does John chapter 1 say? Moses gave us the law, and the law was grace. What's so gracious about the law? Well, the law tells us our true diagnosis that you and I, yeah, we aim for love, and we talk about love, but all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's command to love as he's loved us. What do you mean? Well, if you get a proper diagnosis, that's a gracious thing. Because now, instead of hiding the truth, instead of running from the truth, instead of shading and distorting the truth, you have things as they really are, and then we can deal with that in a helpful way that can bring a cure. So the law was good, and the law was grace, but the law declared to us that all of us must love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we must love our neighbor as ourselves. That's how Jesus summed up the law. Well, guess what? Have any of you truly loved God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength? Absolutely not. And are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Absolutely not. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all broken God's law. We've rebelled against his holy standard. Therefore, we are sinners deserving wrath. So first, we have the source of love. That's wonderful. Second, we have the command to love. And that's wonderful too. Why? Because that drives me to my third point, which is the demonstration of love which is also wonderful because that's not just grace, that's grace upon grace. Yeah, the grace of the law. But when God sent Jesus, the word become flesh, then we had grace that was greater than our sin. And where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So Jesus, the children pointed this out. There's no greater love than a man would do what? Lay down his life for his friends. 
But the Bible talks not only about unconditional love, but contra-conditional love. And that God loved us while we were sinners. God loved us while we were rebels. And when the Bible says God, the Word, the Son, came down and dwelt among us, the word that he uses there is he tabernacled with us. He camped out with us. He left glory above and became flesh like you and me. Why would he do such a thing? Why would he leave glory and perfection to come dwell in this stinking mess, just to be frank with you, right? I was talking to the angel Todd Hanley last night, all right? Todd and I have a little space between groups, and so we're talking about Todd's time in college. And Todd was a student at Georgia Tech University when Todd was in school at Georgia Tech. They were so good at basketball back then that Todd and his buddies would camp out overnight to get tickets to see Georgia Tech play North Carolina. Georgia Tech played Duke. I'm thinking, man, it must have been really cool to camp out because you wanted to enjoy something so much. Man, why did Jesus come and camp out here? Well, for joy and for love. But why do some of you not camp out at home when your loved one's in the hospital and you don't stay in your comfortable bed at home, but you go spend the night or multiple nights in the hospital room around all those germs and all those beeping noises and nurses coming in and out? Why do you leave your home to go stay in the hospital? Well, because you love them. And you're going to be where they are. And you're going to be in solidarity with them. When they get their diagnosis, you're going to be there to help. And when they need water in the middle of the night, you're going to be there to help. A lot of you have been in those circumstances. I'm trying to think, why would God come down here to camp out? Well, to save us. To rescue us. And if you want to know what love truly is, that's what it is. It's condescending. It's humble. It's self-sacrificing. It's what God has first done to us, for us, that we must, if we claim Christ, share with others. I'll get to that in a minute. Where was I? The source of love is wonderful. Okay, the command to love is wonderful. Oh, the demonstration of love is truly wonderful, isn't it? But you know, the reception of love is also wonderful. The receiving of love is wonderful. And what John chapter 1 says is not everyone received him. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. Why? They didn't see the need. They were so self-sufficient and so together that when Jesus brought the bread of life, in the water of life, they didn't have a thirst and they didn't have a hunger to receive the grace that he offered. But as many as received his grace, they then have the right to become 
children of God. There is a wonderful reception of the gift of salvation in Christ. Now I make no apologies because every Christmas season I tell the story about how the worst kid in the class got the best gift of all. That's the gospel for you and me. And one day, in one of my children's classes, the worst kid in the class really did get, in his opinion, the best gift of all. But it dawned on me this week as I was sharing this with another group of people that that worst kid in the class did something that I had not thought of before in that classroom that day. Now, I don't know why he was considered the worst kid in the class. I mean, was he rude? Was he a bully? Did he take people's lunch money? I don't know what he did to demonstrate that he was, quote-unquote, this worst kid. But I'll tell you what he did do that Christmas day or that Christmas party. He opened up that gift. <laughs> like every child in there, he went at that tree, beneath that tree, and what did that kid do? And he unwrapped that gift. He opened that gift. That's how the rest of the class knew it was the best gift. Listen, if you're not willing to admit your depravity, if you're not willing to confront that the law slays you and your pride and your lust and your greed and your arrogance, if you're not willing to face the truth, you're not willing to then open up your life to receive the grace it's a wonderful reception. But listen, what did Jesus bring? He brought grace and truth in that he fully met the conditions of the law with his righteous life. And then the grace was that he would die for our penalty and failure to keep that law so Jesus hasn't shaded the truth. He hasn't compromised the truth. No, he is the truth who is also fully grace. And he will set you and me free to be able to both face the truth of who we really are and then rejoice in the grace of who God is making us to be. There is no greater gift. What a wonderful reception. Then I'll, I'll close with this. The practice of God's love is also truly wonderful. <laughs> the practice is wonderful. And what I mean by this is the clear command of the New Testament is that this love that has come to us vertically from above, now we are called and commanded to live it out horizontally and have that same love which came down in Christ become, listen, operational in our lives, functional in our lives, practical in our lives. That this is not just talk, that we're not just going through the motions. That when the world asks, like the little boy in the tomb, what's this all about? That the proof is in the pudding. And that you know that you can be kind and tender and forgiving and gentle and patient. Even when we don't feel like it with a new nature in us, with his love in us. We can trade anger, ah, for forgiveness. And we can trade resentment uh, for peace and freedom as we depend upon him 
and believe in him. And what a difference it makes. The practice of love is truly wonderful because Jesus said that if we will obey that command, he and the Father will come and they will live in us and our lives will become a vessel of love flowing down from the cross of Christ out into the real life issues of the world. Now, I know that that's messy. I know it's difficult. Listen, I'm just as troubled as anybody else in this room, and we struggle with this, but it makes a difference in my life when other people tell me how much love makes a difference in their lives. I'll give you two practical examples, then I'll close. When Tracy and I moved from North Carolina, they had one of these farewell to the pastor receptions and a lady named Barbara came up to me after six years of ministering and preaching in that church and she looks me in the eye and she says, I want to thank you very much for always telling me that God loves me. More than anything else in the world, I needed to know and I needed to hear that God truly loves me. That made an impact on me. And I later heard other ministers say that the one regret that many of them have is that they wish that earlier in their ministry they had preached more on the love of God. And thankfully, I heard that young. And I hope that you know that every week you are hearing the good news of the grace of God because God truly loved you and sent his son to die for you. The second example is of here. Just a few weeks ago, we had an old friend, Linda Allen, came back to visit. A lot of you knew Bob and Linda Allen. Well, since they moved away several years ago, Bob passed and Bob's now in heaven, but after service, a Sunday morning service here just a few weeks ago, Linda Allen is standing with me at that doorway right back there to my right. And we're catching up. And before she leaves, she takes my hand, and she says to me, I want you to know that the love of this church and of you as our pastor several years ago, it changed our lives. We came here and we were loved. You and your sermons and your ministry, we felt the love of God. And with tears in her eyes, which then instilled tears in my eyes, we hugged one another and she said, I know that Bob is in heaven because it was here that he believed the gospel. It was here that he was saved. Now listen, week after week and month after month rolls on. And I'm the guy at the tomb who thinks these people came last week when they came last year. And it all keeps running faster and faster. And here we are just rushing to judgment day. But the one thing that is truly wonderful about everything else that exists is the one love that is stronger than death itself. And now I'm back at my funeral yesterday. I need an everlasting love. You need an everlasting love. 
But what we have in the person of Christ is a love that is stronger than death and is truly the everlasting love. The wonder of it all, the wonder of it all, just to think that God loves me. The wonders of his love, the wonders of his love. What a theme for Advent Sunday number three. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for your love. Bring us back to the cross of Christ. Bring us back to the resurrection, and in that we find a love that is completely sacrificial but infinitely powerful because it's willing to die. <laughs> but that's the kind of love that can never stay dead. And that's the love that existed before time began. In fact, that's why the universe was created, for us to be in awe and wonder of love, your love. And you've adopted us into that. What a, what a remarkable family is the body of Christ. Help us to love those both within it and those outside of it so that they can share this love we have together with you. The fellowship, the koinonia, the oneness. The oneness of the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ himself. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing more about the story of Christ. Tell me the story of Jesus Write on my heart every word Tell me the story most precious Good time.
story of Jesus right on my heart everywhere tell me the story most precious sweetest that ever was heard amen thank you Catherine for Leading us in that song. Hey, I want to tell Braden and all those who are in the choir, y'all did an excellent job this morning. Thank you so much because I remember, yeah. I remember at that age being extremely intimidated and, and uh, afraid to do something like that, but y'all knocked it out of the park. That was really, really good. Thank y'all for sharing. So I want to thank Stephanie, Katrina. Mom, Miss Erica, all Bryson, all those who worked with our children's choir through the years to make that happen. Um, that, that, was, that was beautiful. Any other announcements that we have? I see Crystal coming out in the aisle. And Catherine, if there's anything I forgot, you let me know. This, don't forget that this Wednesday at Flatground um, Campground, we will have a community night of worship for Christmas um, that Neil is planning. So come out. It'll be at 6 o'clock. And go ahead and be planning to join us Christmas Eve as well if you've never been to our Christmas Eve service. That's my favorite moment of the year. Um, and so there's lots of things coming up. Let's sing Go Tell It on the Mountain together as we leave. Go tell it on the mountain. Jesus Christ is born. You'll have a great evening.